What is up, bros? Anybody care to lax? Welcome back to the Crease Dive presented by Barstool Sports. Today is Friday, February 8th. I'm Jordy from Barstool, and with me today, we've got a special guest co-host on the line, formerly out of the Duke Blue Devils, currently playing with the Philadelphia Wings and the Premier Lacrosse League. We've got recurring guest Justin Gutterding on the line. Gutty, how are we doing today, brother? What's going on? Pumped to pumped to get going. Yeah, we're pumped to have you on here. I think uh, I think everyone's going to be pumped to have you on here. Everyone besides Robbie O, because depending on how you do this week, you could just uh, Wally Pip him out of that co-host spot. Hey, I'm, I'm not making any promises, Robbie. That it's it's all about next man up, you know. So <laughs> exactly, <laughs> but uh, but but how you doing? You got uh, you got some some pretty good news this week. As uh, looks like yep. you have been added to the active roster for the Wings uh, for this upcoming week. So I mean, first off, I just how how's everything been going for you? I mean, uh, you know, jumping into the box game for presumably the first time in, in yep. your life and uh you know working with the wings so far this season the boys got a huge first dub last week against the rochester nighthawks so you know what, what's uh what's the experience been like so far yeah it has been awesome playing box it is my first time confirmed playing box um you know dabbled in it a little bit at duke we did a little bit of box but nothing like like uh you know like a real nll experience um, and I've had a blast so far. The guys on the team are absolutely awesome. Um, you know, some call them beauties, but I stick to my American language. Um, but yeah, it's been really fun. It's definitely a, a big transition. Um, but I have had a ton of fun and, uh, I'm pumped to be added to the active roster and, uh, give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, speaking of sticking to your own lingo, like how difficult is it? Like you're, you're hanging out with these guys, a lot of them Canadians, like, how how difficult is it for you to like be with them for the weekend like just pick up on their lingo a little bit and then like you go hang out either you go back home to work or you go like hang out with like your own friends and all of a sudden like you're talking like a canadian everyone's just looking at you like buddy what the fuck are you talking about right now (laughs) yeah um i actually have found myself saying saying a few words that uh, i don't normally say but um you know it's 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 not it's not as hard as i think but um I've definitely had those experiences and I don't have the best Canadian accent. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to stay away from that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you're probably also picking up uh, some lingo from Philly's own Matty Rambo. He's, uh, oh, yeah. he's got, he's got his own language. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's called Philadelphian or something, whatever he calls it. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's definitely his own take on it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd probably stick more with the Canadian lingo than, than Rambo's <laughs> lingo. But yeah. So, uh, I mean, congrats on that. And, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing you get on the floor one of these times. I think, uh, I'm going to have to maybe call up uh Paulie day a little bit and say, yo, get up, get my guy gutty on the, uh, on the floor there. We'll, we'll mic you up and that'll be a next episode. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, no, I'm really, I'm really excited. Uh, I learned a lot from the guys on the team and, uh, just over the past couple of weeks. Um, so, you know, we'll see, we'll see where the experience takes me, but, uh, you know, uh, I've been watching a lot of Schreiber. Um, uh, you know, he's obviously set the standard for an American box player. Um, but yeah, it's I'm I'm really excited to uh, you know maybe get on the floor and and see what I can do. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Tom Schreiber, if you are listening to this podcast right now, you are a motherfucker, man. I can't. 
I'm just I'm over here waiting for the wings catching their first dub and playing against Toronto two times and both times it's just Schreiber just ripping the heart out of Philadelphia and just taking a big old bite right out of it. Uh, yeah, no, Schreiber is he is a cold hearted <laughs> son of a bitch, but he's also one of the best in the game. So. I just I hate seeing them out there playing against <laughs> the wings. So hopefully we don't have to see that too much anymore. Uh, but so obviously big things going on in the NLL, both you know across the league and and for yourself. But there's also some big things going on in the world of college across right now. It's a world where you're very familiar with as the uh, all-time leading goal scorer. Not a big deal in NCAA across <laughs> history. So speaking of a guy who also puts up a ton of points, we've got to start off this episode by talking about Grant Ament and the Penn State Nittany Lions after they laid the smackdown on Villanova, 17-7 to in the opening weekend of the season, uh, meant three goals, seven apples, 10 points in his first game back after missing all of last season with a foot injury. Uh, I mean, that it's just absolutely absurd how he dismantled that Villanova team. And uh, it is, is Grant Ament now the, the leader in the clubhouse for player of the year? Oh, he's got to be up there. I mean, the kid has got some shake, and it's always a good story when a guy comes back from injury, um, you know, and he plays well right out of the bat. But I'd I love to see him keep it up. Uh, I've never met him personally. I heard he's a good guy. Um, but, God, he's got some unbelievable feet, and he's got a ton of goal scorers around him. So um, Penn State could be a, a threat in the Big Ten for sure. Um, so I'm excited to see, uh, as my dad went there, uh, I would say they are probably my second favorite team in college lacrosse. All right, there you go. Nittany Lions, Blue Devils, so you're staying in the same. Uh, and Saquon. Uh, I got to stick with my boy Saquon. Uh, you must have forgotten <laughs> you're a Giants fan. I, damn, I wish that I would have remembered that before we brought you on here to be a co-host this week. <laughs> but no, I mean, dude, the, the kid is just – he's so just shifty from behind the net. Like if I'm, if I'm picturing like my just like – the perfect dodge from X, the perfect little shake. Um, you know, he's got it. And then he just sets up shot back there, just makes defenders look like absolute putzes. And then, you know, when you got a kid like Mac O'Keefe, just hanging around there in the crease, it's, uh, you know, I think a lot of people could probably put up some assists if they just throw the ball to Mac O'Keefe inside. Uh, but to put up seven in one game is absolutely <clears throat> absurd, especially after missing that whole season. Um, Real quick, while we are shouting out kids who, uh, you know, coming back from from injury, uh, I, damn, I, I'm gonna butcher his last name, but that Adam Charlambides, Charlambides, yep, Charlambides out of Rutgers. So he, not only did he miss all of last season with an ACL injury, but he missed the entire season before that. I believe with an ACL injury yep. again. So that's the past two seasons. This poor guy has been on the sideline with an ACL injury. And, you know, he came back out for the first time in two years last week. He had a, I believe he had a hat trick and one of them, nice little crease Old dive for, for the, boys. the brand. Uh, so shout out to Charlotte Beatties and, you know, as a uh, ACL tear survivor myself, it's, it's great to see guys like that get back out there. Were you ever, did you ever get hurt at all in, in while you were at Duke or at, I guess at all in your career? Uh, fortunately not knock on wood. Um, I've, uh, been very fortunate with, uh, with my health and, um, you know, I've had I've obviously bumps and bruises, but nothing that really kept me out and, uh, really fortunate for that because, um, uh, you know, 
hate seeing guys get injured and um, you never really want to see that happen. But when guys bounce back from injury, uh, that's something really to celebrate. And um, obviously, Charlotte Beatty's uh, amen and my boy Brad Smith will be coming back. Um, he'll be coming back stronger than ever as well. Um, so I'm excited to see uh, just guys bounce back. And, and that's, uh, you know, obviously something to celebrate. I would, I would say so because they work so hard to just get back on the field and be with their boys and, um, you know, lay it out all, all on the line. Yeah, yeah, and and you probably did so well health wise because of all that uh, all that yoga that Coach Donowski has the boys doing <laughs> down there in Durham. Yep, yeah, he makes us stretch. Uh, I don't love it, but you know, uh, it's definitely definitely kept me on, on the field, and I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, so <laughs> speaking of Duke, though, so yep. I mean this this is going to be a, a little bit of a, a sore subject for you, um, but it, it's kind of the same story that we've been seeing with Duke for ages at this point so duke hosting high point on what was that wednesday um yep. wednesday or tuesday one of them i'm getting all my days mixed up here yeah, but, wednesday night. so so high point goes down to durham and asher nolting and the boys knock off the number two ranked duke blue devils but this is something that again i i said it in last week's episode i probably said it in like I don't know, at least five episodes last uh, last season. But this is just, this is Duke's MO. I mean, you guys, you drop games in February because Coach Donowski knows that no one has ever won a national championship in the month of February. Then you just, you kind of wait there for a little bit. And then, you know, the, the end of March comes around, April comes around, you guys start kicking the shit out of everybody. Um, and, and then Duke just magically appears there Memorial Day weekend. So, you know, I went back through some of the schedules. So obviously the the loss to high point this year. Um and then last year this was uh this one might have been a crease dive curse because myself and Robbie O were in the building, but you guys uh traveled to Philly to play against Penn in February. You lost that one 10-9. You guys end up in the final four that year. Uh February 5th, 2017, you guys go down to Air Force 11 to 10. You guys still made the quarters that year. Uh, February 22nd, 2013, again to Penn. You guys lose. You started off that season two and four. Yep. How'd you end the season 2013? The, Blue, the Duke Blue Devils won the national championship. And then February 26th, 2011, again to Penn. You guys should really stop scheduling Penn. Uh, but a <laughs> loss, 7-3, to three, and Duke makes it to the Final Four that year. So I, it's just at, at some point in the month of February – Duke is probably going to lose a game and uh, you know, high point not to take away anything from their loss, but that was just, you know, they happened to be the the team to knock off Duke in February. You know, someone's got to do it. It might as well have been them this past week. So, you know, as someone who was there for four years, you know, what, what's it like starting off that? Like, like how's coach Donowski in that first month of the season? Like, is he just, you know, is he just like, whatever guys like this shit happens like all the time or just chill out. You're going to be here after everyone's gone from school and it's late May. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I mean, coach D has been there before and guys obviously believe in him. I wouldn't say that he takes it lightly when those games go down. Not at all. He's obviously a very competitive guy and, uh, Matt's the same way. And, um, you know, that's, that's not something that's not the attitude that he really brings, but at the same time, everyone believes and just follows him because he is the goat. He is the best coach in D1 history. Um, and his, his record speaks for it himself, his wins. He just got 
uh, his 400th win in D1 history, which is just like, that's unheard of. Um, but yeah, everyone just follows him and, and follows his lead because he, he knows what he's talking about. Um, and he's obviously just about developing players and, uh, you nailed it on the head. You're not going to win a national championship in February. Um, but in no way does he take it lightly. I'm sure the boys had a, a tough practice on Thursday. Um, but yeah, coach, coach knows what he's doing. So guys, guys trust in him and they believe in the process of, um, you know, you can't, you can't just, you can't, you're not going to win a national championship right away, but you just got to keep working hard and, you know, just learn from the mistakes or, or whatever it was, but they ran into a hot high point team. Uh, the goalie had a, a shutout the week before. Uh, I think he had 19 saves. Um, so, you know, you run into a hot goalie, it happens. Um, you know, I trust the leaders on that team that they'll, they'll bounce back and, um, you know, maybe lay the hammer on Jacksonville this week. Yeah, I, I I saw the tweet out there that some of the boys went right back out onto the field after the game was over to to get some more reps in. So it's you know sounds like some leadership's there. Maybe it's uh, also oh shit, we don't want coach running us too much tomorrow <laughs> practice. So let's uh, let's get out there and make it seem like we're we're <laughs> we're yeah. No, I'll go with the here. first one. I think they they got some good leadership on that team, and um, you know maybe it's a good wake up call for them. So um, I'm, I'm trusting them to bounce back and. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how they they respond. Well, speaking of a wake up call, like so, I think that that's something that uh, I think a lot of teams. You know, I just laid out all those those you know quote unquote upset losses uh, that you guys have had over the years in the month of February, yep. and in in all of those in all of those years, you guys you so. Final four appearances, national championships, quarterfinals. So, like Duke always bounces back from these losses in February. What did I? I'm thinking about it right now, and I think like if I'm if I'm a coach in college lacrosse and I have Duke scheduled in February, like obviously this win is going to do a lot for High Point moving forward, but it might be counterproductive because I feel like all these teams are doing by beating Duke in February is you're giving them the wake up call, the wake up call that they need. You're pissing them off in February so that they can use that as motivation in April and May. So I think that, I think that it's kind of selfish for teams to beat Duke (laughs) in February because it's only going to piss them off and make them better in May. So high point again, like you're not really thinking about the rest of the country, like maybe just lose that. It's not, it's not really nice of them to do that. So, yeah, and, and again, like I, I get it. You guys want to get that win on your record. Like it's gonna be good when it comes time to seeding for for the tournament and everything. But all you really did is you just lost a game for someone else who has to play against Duke later in the season. So, um, but yeah, I mean, hats off to to High Point. He's the goalie there, Asher Nolting, is going to be. You know, he was a kid to watch all last season. Uh, he's going to be a guy to watch again this season. He is. I think he's got twelve points now through two games in the season. So, uh, you know, the only other person putting up numbers kind of like that right now is Grant Ament, who has ten and one. So it's. A decent average, I would say. Uh, but yeah, so I give a shout to Joe Manone too. He's I think he's got eight goals in two games. Um, the kid's gonna put up a ton of goals this year. He's he's gonna be in a good spot. So I'm excited to keep watching him develop. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is definitely a great time to be an offensive weapon in the sport of lacrosse because it's just going to be goals on goals on goals on goals all year. With that being said. So it's great to be an offensive player in lacrosse, but to be a fan in lacrosse right now, there's a bit of a, 
I guess I would call it a disagreement within the lacrosse world right now when it comes to viewing games. So, you know, for everyone out there who's, you know, part of lacrosse Twitter or whatever, you probably have been seeing people either bitching about having to pay for streams to watch all these games, or you've seen people bitch about the people who are bitching about paying for the streams. (laughs) So it's just, it's a whole lot of just about you know how how we watch college across right now so espn you know they just released their uh their schedule their broadcast schedule for the college across season this year so there's going to be you know obviously the games on espnu and and the espn3 but then um you know if, if you were trying to watch utah versus vermont last friday you know you'd have to pay for a, a pac-12 network subscription to stream that one um so you know right now it's it's just it seems like people are not exactly thrilled that they have to, you know, pay for all these different conference streaming networks, uh, you know, in order to watch these games. And I'm trying to figure out where I stand on all of it because like, like I think lacrosse fans need to still be realistic with ourselves. Like, listen, like is lacrosse growing at a rapid pace? Yes. Is it, is it the sport of the future? Absolutely. Is it going to be in a spot one day where we will have college across games on TV on a Saturday, all, all channels kind of like college basketball and college football is for sure. But at the time right now, like it's just, it's not there yet. So like none of these big networks are going to take a lacrosse game and put it on there. Like just because you think that lacrosse is great. So like you need to pay the money now for these streams and you, you got to think of it as like an investment for the future. Like if you pay for the streams now, college lacrosse fans in like 10 years are going to have it on TV. Um, so, you, you know, as, as someone now who is, who has graduated and now, you know, you have to go back and, and watch, watch your boys at Duke on a stream. Um, you know, do do you, do you have any opinion on this one? Like, or, or are you yeah. just, uh, or you just I mean, I, big, I do big of, money bucks now and, and you I, can pay for these streams. Yeah, no, I'm paying for every single game. I just want to watch them all. No, uh Do you make I, more I, now do you make more now or when you went to Duke? <laughs> yeah, Coach K was paying me on the side. <laughs> um yeah, but I, I mean I kind of agree with you. I, I do think if you really do want to watch the games, then you know, take out your wallet and, and pay the five bucks just for that. So I think ESPN plus is what five i think it's 5.99 for a month uh and that's where a, a good amount of the games i think are going to be streamed um but that's that's you know i, I if you really do want to watch it then you just got to pay for it sometimes but most of the time it's on espn3 or um you know that's that's it's kind of it's kind of a tough situation um but you know the, obviously the pll is going to be streamed on nbc sports um so i think we're going to have like X amount of games on NBC Sports, a few games on NBC. Um, you know, it's it's it is it's pretty exciting time, uh, and I think Paul has done an incredible job of uh, promoting the PLL, and hopefully it it really blows up, and then you know maybe we can make it five years that lacrosse is on TV, uh, you know, constant. So we'll see. Um, yeah. I'm really excited for that. So I I think you bring up a a really good point there because like if if college lacrosse fans want the sport to be televised on a bunch of different channels and not have to pay for these streams, like you need to watch the shit 
out of the right. PLL this year on NBC. So like when NBC sports, when they look at their ratings for, you know, when they're airing these PLL games, like those numbers, if those numbers are huge, like other networks are obviously going to, you know, see those numbers that are going to say like, Hey, like there's like a legitimate market here for these lacrosse games. And then, yeah, like you said, like then you can kind of speed up the process and, and maybe in five years, college lacrosse games will be on a whole bunch of different channels on, on Saturday. So, um, like if if you're adamant about not wanting to pay for streams in order to watch these college lacrosse games, like you better watch the shit out of every single game that's televised, not for free, but like that comes in your cable package. Um, right. Yeah, personally, like I'll always look online to see if there's a free stream of something. Like I'll I'll check like right, Reddit and shit. Like if 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 there's something. Um, but if not, like you said, like. ESPN, even though we're, you know, not, not a bit huge fan of ESPN here at Bars, but like they, they put out <laughs> actually, you know what though? I'm a fan of, of how ESPN does lacrosse, Quint, Paul and, and Anish, those, those guys rock. So, uh, they're good to the sport. So be good to them too. Make sure you pay for that ESPN plus package. It's all you got to do is just like not buy a, like a coffee every other week. And then that pays for itself. Um, but yeah, basically if you're bitching about having to pay for streams, shut up. Like at least at least there are streams available. Like go back like ten years ago, and right. you would just have to look at box scores. So shut up. But if you're bitching about people bitching about paying for streams, like also shut up too, because like you don't know <laughs> like if like what these people' financial situations are like. So like don't be a preachy asshole about it. Don't be a <laughs> total just moosh about it. Um, find yourself somewhere in the middle, and that's that's pretty much my motto for life. Just find yourself right in the middle. You know, not too high, not <laughs> just too fit low. In. Just fit in, coast by, and you'll be good. Um, you probably won't become the all-time leading goal scorer in NCAA lacrosse history by doing that, um, but you could one day have a, you could <laughs> you could one day have a lacrosse podcast where you have the all-time leading goal scorer as a special guest co-host. So you know, there you go. Pick your poison. Uh, but moving on from the past week in college lacrosse, we've we've got yet another weekend ahead of us. Uh, so week two in the season, and it starts tonight, 7 p.m. The Syracuse Orange will be hosting Colgate in the Dome. Uh, so Cuse, kind of a uh, you know a little bit of a an up and down season last year. They kind of squeaked their way into the tournament. Uh, but you know, this year they, uh, so yeah, they were eight and seven last year, just got themselves into the tournament. Uh, they will be without Tucker Dordovic for this game. I think he's injured. Um, but I mean, this team, they, they were pretty young last year. So they're bringing back a lot of guys from, from last year's team. So I think, uh, being without Dordovic for this game probably isn't going to hurt them too much again. I don't, I don't know too much against Colgate if we're being totally honest. Um, uh, but I think, you know, Syracuse at home in the dome to start off the season against a Colgate team. I, I think that that's, uh, that's going to be a pretty good one for that. They also just added, uh, Ryan Powell to the coaching staff. So anytime yep. that you can bring a pal back to Syracuse, like, you know, that not only are you getting just a brilliant lacrosse mind, but you're probably also getting some good juju in there as well. Uh, so, you know, you, you've, you've played against uh Cuse in, in the ACC for your four years there at Duke. So, uh, you know, what, what, what are you thinking about the orange this season? Yeah. Uh, Cuse has always been an explosive team. They, you know, they have a ton of, ton of skill. Um, they're always one of the most skilled teams you'll see, 
play college across uh, guys doing crazy shots. And, uh, you know, they, it looks like they have a lot of fun out there. Um, you know, Colgate, I feel like is going to be a scrappy team They're They always are. They're always put up a fight and um, you know, they have, they have a good coaching staff that, um, you know, really like forces that, that toughness mentality on them. Um, but yeah, that, that should be a good one for Q's. Hopefully they can, uh, you know, get some wins under their belt before they play the blue devils. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. I just accuse. I, and I think that they have like a shit ton of home games, like right off the bat. So Q's. Yeah, it is a huge, home. it is a huge advantage play, uh, playing there for them. I, I mean, personally never won there. Uh, Owen two, but I mean, that's, that's probably one of the cooler places you can, you can play in college across just because of all the history that's, that's been there. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a huge advantage for them. Uh, you know, stepping into that dome is, is a tad bit intimidating. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So, uh, the, the line on that game, uh, courtesy of our friends over at lax Vegas lines on Twitter, make sure to follow them at lax Vegas lines because they are usually spot on. Uh, if you listen to last week's episode, I, I'm going to have to pay my bookie for sure. Uh, I did not have the greatest week last week. I think Robbie O probably made out pretty good, which is, uh, hey, maybe that's why he's not here this week. Maybe he's hiding from his bookie since he just took him for so much Monday. Uh, but so Cuse minus four against Colgate. Yeah, I, I think what you said, I mean, they're an explosive team and they'll be coming out to start the season. Um, you know, anytime, you, you know, you get that home opener. Uh, that is, you know, a little added juice to the punch. So I think that they'll come out. They'll probably, they'll probably handle that four goal spread. But uh, yeah, or, I think I would. Ta- I would think I would take Cuse there. Um, <clears throat> you know, first game of the season, they're going to be all amped up. Um, so maybe they'll they'll come out with a little more juice, uh, even if it's not as sexy as an opponent as an ACC opponent. But uh, I'm sure they're always pumped up to play in the dome. Now, moving on from uh, one ACC team, we will move over to Virginia as they will be going up against Pat Spencer and the Loyola Greyhounds. So Virginia will be taking the trip to Loyola. And this is a game that over the past few years has been a fucking gong show. All it's. Let me let me look back at some of these scores. I think it's uh, so. I guess since like 2014, maybe uh, so. 14, 15, 17, and 18 have all been one goal games to start the season between Virginia and Loyola. The lone exception being 2016, where uh, Loyola kind of ran away with that one a little bit. Uh, so these games to open up the season always have been one goal games. Um, they're tight. They're fun to watch. They're high scoring. Um, yep. Obviously, the last time that these two teams met was in the first round of last year's tournament with Loyola taking away that 14 to 12 win. That game pretty I, it like started at like 1130 Eastern with after all that lightning. But uh, so, I mean, these are two teams that get after it and they always put on a show. And I think that this, you know, this is going to be a, uh, you know, depending on how, how the, uh, you know, how the brackets work out, I could very easily see this being a matchup that we see again, Memorial Day weekend. I think both of these teams are loaded. And uh, so the line on this one, one and a half Loyola, the favorites. Gutty. 
oh. what's, what's the gut telling you on this one? He gave me all the one and a halves. I mean, all the, the one goal games. You got to take the the plus one, I guess, right? I mean, with history, you know, stats don't lie. That's that's what I've learned. Um, but yeah, uh, these are two fun. I mean, Virginia playing them is always fun, just because they like getting up and down. Uh, watching them with a shot clock this year is going to be even more interesting um, because they're just going to run even faster. Uh, they got Ryan Conrad back this year, um, who's arguably one of the best two-way midfielders in the game. He's, uh, you know, just an absolute horse. Um, but you got Pat Spencer on the other end, and that's just, you know, he, he's a freak. He's, he's he's really fun to play against. Um, had a few head-to-head battles with him, and he's, you know, he's a great player. Um, met him at the Twarton uh, Foundation ceremony last year. Nice guy, uh, you know, better lacrosse player. This, this kid is, is fun to watch, and if you like goals – uh, I would make sure to tune into this one because I feel like it's going to be high scoring. Yeah. Um, D- Conrad is a kid where like, just keep your eye on him all game long and at, like watch this game with a stopwatch. And anytime he's off the field, get that stopwatch going because I think at the end of the of the game, he might only be on the sideline for like two and a half minutes total. Like this kid is, he's just a workhorse stays on the field, both sides of, of the field. Um, I mean, I, I don't know how he does it, but he's all over the place. And I think that the one thing that, uh, so obviously I, I would give the, the individual player edge to, to Pat. I think, you know, Pat Spencer's my pick for, for best player in the country at the moment. Um, but I think, you know, Virginia's depth is is just uh i mean this team is they're a wagon you know you've got guys who who have been there for a while like your ryan conrad's uh you know docs aiken uh michael kraus and then you've got you know some of the younger kids there you know jeff connor coming in is going to be a big freshman from virginia matt moore in his sophomore year a couple philly boys not a big deal uh but the, (laughs) the depth that virginia has uh is i mean they're just loaded offensively Loyola, yep. I mean, they, they got Spencer. I'm also a big fan of, of that uh, Kevin Lindley kid. Um, but I, I just think, you know, I've got Loyola as my pick for for my early pick for national champions. But I think in wow. terms of, of, of this game, I, I think that, you know, Virginia is going to come out nice and hot. I think that they're, like you said, they're going to be running around all over the place. And I would definitely take them the plus one and a half. And I might even take them outright. Yeah, I, I mean, the one thing with Virginia for me is I always like playing them um, for the reason that they haven't had much defense in the past. Um, they like getting up and down, which is, you know, an attackman's dream and a midfielder's dream. They love just they love just taking chances. and um, But now with the shot clock, I just feel like they're going to run even more. Um, but you, I just got to see how that defense uh, holds up. And if they can stop someone this year, um, there'd be a team to watch out for, for sure. All right. Moving on from that. Yeah. We've got another one and a half goal line here coming up with the UMass Minutemen taking on the troops. So we've got UMass versus army. This game is going to be at UMass one o'clock on Saturday. The line is one and a half. Now here's the thing. UMass, like you said, the numbers don't lie. History often repeats itself. And UMass 
in recent history has been getting the shit kicked out of them by the troops to open up the mm-hmm. season. So 2016, 17, 18, all losses to start off the season for the Minutemen against Army. Uh, you know, last year though, UMass, so they, they lose that opener to Army. Then they get a nice little win there against Sacred Heart. Then they lose three straight. So they're one and four to start the season. Then they went on a goddamn tear where they ended up winning like 10 straight games after that. So they, you know, they won 10 straight. Then they finally ended up losing to the eventual national champions in Yale in the first round of the tournament there. But that was a that was a tight one. So, you know, you had to bring that one up. Yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll edit that one out. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the season ended on that uh, Memorial Day Saturday. Uh, <laughs> so, but I mean, this team though, you know, obviously they, they were young last year. I think they, you know, Buddy Carr they graduated, but other than that, offensively they bring back a ton of guys. And this is a team that won, you know, ten or eleven straight last year gave Yale a good game. So they're going to be pretty confident coming into this one against an army team uh, who has gotten the best of them out of, out of the last few years. So one and yeah. a half UMass are the favorites. I, uh, I'll, I'll still, well, yeah. go, I'm still going to go with the troops covering that. I think it's going to be a one goal game. UMass is going to, I think that they're finally going to pull this one out. Um, but I do feel very un-American betting against yep. the troops. So, so I'll take them with the plus one and a half. Are you, I was uh, going to say, I was going to say any, any time I get to, ch- I get the chance to take, uh, uh, people who are going to serve our country. I'm going to take them. Uh, UMass is definitely a blue collar team. Uh, coach, I think Canella is just, he's a tough guy, but listen, these guys are going to serve our country. I'm going to take them any day of the week. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, they're just like scary fucker. They come out of there oh, yeah. when, when they have the flag, like, like army running out of a tunnel <laughs> to play a lacrosse game is, oh. is like my favorite thing in the world. And they always look just, I mean, the colors are great. The, the equipment's great. Uh, so yeah, UMass personal favorite of mine was the video of, uh, the army defenseman trucking that guy from Notre Dame and just sticking the OT winner. That is just the most American thing I think I've ever seen on a college lacrosse field. Yeah. Let me tell you this right now. ISIS better never get a lacrosse team. Because <laughs> they just get the shit kicked out of them by army year after year after year. Uh, that, that line on that one, I don't know if Lax Vegas line would even put out something like that. Cause it would just be, <laughs> Minus a thousand. So yeah, ISIS, (laughs) if you're listening to this podcast right now, which I know you are, don't even think about it because we will (laughs) fuck you up on a lacrosse. (laughs) And you heard it here first. And then moving on (laughs) from that, uh, my personal favorite game of the weekend, just because it comes down to uniform swag. We've got Mm -hmm. the Johns Hopkins Blue Jays. They will be taking on, they'll be taking the trip over, just across the town real quick to take on the Towson Tigers. And if you haven't seen Towson's threads for this game, make sure you head over to our Twitter and Instagram. Both handles are at the crease dive to check those out because they're rocking the throwbacks. So they've got, they they've got the the mesh jerseys they've got the uh this is something actually i want to get your your take on this one so the helmet decals to make it look like a bucket helmet teams have been Mm. doing it in the past you know hopkins has done it before maryland i believe has done it before it always looks a little a little too tryhardy 
Yep. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. The jerseys are awesome. Don't get me wrong. I love those. Uh, that's probably why I'll take Towson, um, just because of the jerseys. No, I don't even know who's coming back for them. I know they got um, a few guys on the defensive end that are pretty solid. But Towson in those uniforms, you got to take them. Um, you know, I think they're home, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think ta- I got to take Towson there. We played them last year. Um and it's a tough place to play at Johnny United Stadium. Um, and they're a scrappy group. Um, four is way too much, I think. Uh, I would probably go with Towson. Um, you know, but I, I do agree with the helmet decals. I don't know how I feel about them, but, you know, the jerseys are, are pretty epic. Yeah, well, so that's the thing. So, you know, with the, the Hopkins one, the Maryland one, like – they're just a little too, but when I, when I saw the ones that Towson are breaking out this, this weekend, it didn't seem to be like as in your face about like the, the other ones before it's like, Hey, right. like this, you know, we're really trying to make this look like a, like a bucket helmet. Um, these ones are more like, you know, like you kind of get the idea what they're going for, but it, it's just, I don't know. It's not like as like in your face about it. Um, I feel you. But yeah, the jerseys are, whew, mm. I mean, the the thick mesh, uh, you know, as, as a D3 guy playing in the Centennial Conference, my collegiate career, we had to play against uh, Washington College all the time. So if any anyone out there is a big D3 Lax fan, you know that WAC has some of the sickest uniforms because they always go with that throwback look. Um, so it's a great look that a lot of lot of teams should probably go with so yeah i i can't bet against towson with those with that uniform and you know they they were pretty junior heavy on on offense last year so you know anytime that you can bring back a bunch of guys offensively i i think you know that's especially with the shot clock where you're going to have to be playing a little bit faster you're going to have guys who have been there before who have already have that chemistry built up um so i think that you know having you know, having a good group who have been together for the last, you know, three, four years is definitely going to help you out there. Um, but, you know, speaking of, of someone who is probably, uh, you know, hasn't had a ton of time to build up chemistry yet, it, playing in his freshman year at Hopkins, this is going to be the first time for a lot of people to check out the number one incoming freshman recruit in Joey Epstein, Epstein, I should probably Epstein. Yeah, I should probably Epstein, yeah. Yep, Epstein. You'll, you'll find out soon, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that we will be hearing his name plenty on Saturday. So, uh, you know, between Epstein, Kyle Marr, and Cole Williams, like that is just this Hopkins team is going to be like that's a team where highlights are going to be a plenty. Yep. Until they meet Duke in the quarters, they should be uh, they should be set. Um, they've they've been a, a good uh, a good team. They're explosive, um, but you know. We'll see. We'll see how they react to uh, you know this this freshman stud. We'll see how he how he uh, reacts to the big stage. Yeah. So you you've uh, you've had some battles against Hopkins before. Where do where do you stand on the band now that you're out of you know out of college? Oh, I'm so out on the band. I just I can't stand it. Um, you that, know, it's a it's a cool exactly. tradition. Don't get me wrong. Um, but especially when they're losing by a few goals and. The game's pretty much over, and you 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 hear that band after it's, uh, you know, thirteen five. You know, um, you know, you get kind of sick of it, and then you just kind of makes you want to pump in a few more goals. Um, so, I don't know. Like, I feel like it can go both ways. It can get in people's heads, but um, you know, that's where I stand on that on that band. 
I think that that's the exact reason why I love the band though, because it's, it's one of those things that just, it draws out some like serious emotion from people, you know, either for it or against it. Um, and it's like Duke, you love him or you hate him. Exactly. There's no in between Duke basketball. There's, it's the same thing. It's just Duke in general, but yeah, I can see that how it's uh, kind of the same thing. Yeah, I guess the uh, I guess the the Hopkins band is like the the Grayson Allen of college lacrosse. <laughs> no, um, don't go talk about Grayson. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so that that Hopkins offensively, that you know, the attack unit, whether it's Epstein, Marr, and uh, and Cole Williams, or you can also throw uh, Philly kid in there. Uh, oh, blanking on his name a little bit here. Oh, Forty Smith, uh, Haverford School kid. So you know, they they've got a a ton of talent offensively. I think that that's something that people have come to expect out of Hopkins. Uh, so you, like you said, the line on that one is a, uh, that, that's a four goal spread. Again, that the Towson, too much. you just look good, feel good, play good. Like it's, it's a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason because it is so goddamn true. Um, so you, you just, you can't win. You can't lose. Oh, you cannot lose, especially at home while wearing those threads. So again, if you haven't seen those, make sure you check them out. So uh, yeah, running back down the line here, I, I think we both have Cuse covering that uh, that four yep. against Colgate. I've got Virginia plus one and a half against Loyola. Where where'd you fall on that one? Uh, yeah, I took I took them plus one and a half. You're right. making me rethink yep. it, but yep. one goal game. Uh, UMass and Army gotta go yep. with the troops because we are anti. God, we're on the same page. Gotta go with the troops, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, Towson covering the fours. So there we go. Yeah, it's. We, I'll uh, add in the I'll add in the lock of the week is going to be that over in that Loyola Virginia game. No matter what it is, I don't know what it is. It's probably like thirty five, and I'd still probably take the over. You can take that to the <laughs> bank. That is courtesy of Justin Gutterding. It's actually only 24 and a half, which. Oh, my God. Like, might be, like, you might be counting your money by, like, midway. Is that for one team or what? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, might be, <laughs> that might be a third quarter bet where you can cash out on. Uh, all right. Well, hey, uh, before we leave, though, so. You know, obviously you've got uh, big things coming up here with the wings. Hopefully, you know, get yourself on the floor soon there. You got big things coming up with the PLL as well. Season kicking off June 1st. Uh, but some some other lax things that you have going on. Um, so if anyone's been following Justin on Instagram or Twitter, which you should by now, needs for speed. Uh, so you, you've been doing a, a lot of just incredible work with, with the, uh, you know, with the special needs community and, and, you know, getting those kids out there and getting active. Um, so do me a favor and just kind of tell everyone about, you know, what you're doing there with, with your needs for speed. Um, and if there's, you know, any way that people can help. Yeah. Um, so needs for speed is a nonprofit organization that, um, one of my buddies came came to you know me with the idea, and he wanted to he wanted to start this. His name's James Sullivan, uh, senior on Harvard, faceoff guy, and Garden City. Um, so he's been one of my you know best friends for a long time. And he came to me with the idea and wanted to you know he knew that I I have a special place in my heart for um, children with special needs, and um, you know it is a nonprofit as I said, and we <clears throat> we rent out this gym. And the guy, Donnie, who played in the NFL, he owns the gym. And we just have a bunch of kids, uh, special needs, 
uh, come down and, and work out and do exercises and, um, you know, whether it play tag or dodgeball or, you know, just have fun for an hour. Uh, we do it on Tuesday nights in Lindbrook. Um, and it's been an incredible success so far. Um, you know, I've just had so much fun doing it with James and, um, you know, just, you know, just letting all the stress out of a, a long work week and just having fun with these kids is just something that, um, never, never fails to put a smile on your face or, or their face or their parents' face. And, um, you know, I'm really, I'm really happy that it's, it's gone well so far. And, um, you know, we only hope to, to continue to grow it. Uh, so you can follow us on Instagram, uh, at needs for speed. Um, you know, and we're going to hope to continue to grow it because it's uh, obviously a great cause. Yeah. And, you know, I, athletics have uh, clearly been very good to you. So it's just yep. it's, it's it's awesome to see you being able to use that uh, to give back to others. So, um, you know, great work with that. And, and also, I think it's it's just a big thing, you know, for the you know younger generation of lacrosse players coming up here, uh, being able to kind of use you as a role model there of, you know, what to do with your success. So, um, you know, great work on that. And yeah, I appreciate it. And also great work on the episode. I mean, that was that was not bad, huh? Stepping in <laughs> here for your first time as a co-host instead of a guest, like that was just you were a seasoned vet on that one. And uh, it was pretty smooth. Watch yeah. out, Robbie O. Watch out, Robbie O. <laughs> hot seat. Uh, yeah. And uh, oh, by the way, so your lock of the week is that Loyola Virginia over my yep. lock of the week. The Wings catching another dub. Oh, yes, sir. On Saturday (laughs) night. So let's go Wings. Let's go lacrosse. And as always, low to high to the day we die. We out.